Um, okay, so are we lab meeting 16? Yes. So lab meeting 16, got Anne, Ellery, and special guest, Tenanson. How do you pronounce your full name? Tenanson Tarin Terrasas. Excellent. That's so <laughs> much nicer coming out of your mouth. And Tenanson's from the Terrestrial Eco-Hydrology Research Group at UTS Sydney. Um, so welcome. Thank so, you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, so good. excited. You were saying you listen to podcasts and you put me on to the climate something one and I was listening to it the other day. It was really good. Uh, it's forecast. called Forecast. Yeah. yeah. And no, it's really so good. good. Yeah. I woke every morning from Newtown to here oh. and I, every single mm. morning I listen to one podcast. I'm the same because I ride my bike from Newtown. So yeah, we we yeah. must be living very close to each other. Yeah. Yo, you do. You do live very close to each other. Oh, yeah. I know where you live. You go past Ellery's house and then you sort of turn right onto oh, a street really? and then left onto your street. Oh, right. You're down there. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like... like <laughs> yeah, Tenanson's in like the the V section between oh, King and Enmore. And like Enmore Road. Yeah. Cool. There you go. There you go. The I know where know. everybody lives. <laughs> Just... Don't say that he's in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them where she lives. Don't find her. Um, so as usual, we start with. I mean, you're you're a PhD student. You're how far in are you? Uh, more years? than that. I'm three years and a half already. Three and a half already. Okay. Yeah. How it's you crunch time. I'm feeling great. Great. I'm at this stage that I'm feeling great and. Uh, so happy for what I've done and for that everything is coming together. Like all the chapters, I can see them and it's just a little bit more of Polish in them. Cool. And trying to put the thesis together one day. I don't know when one it's going to happen. Day. It's beautiful. So usually we ask people what their analogy for their PhD is, where they feel they're at. We've had Peter Wood was talking about how he feels like Gollum. Kirsty was talking about gremlins last week. How how would you talk about your PhD? It's like running a half marathon. <laughs> I wouldn't a say a marathon, marathon, but I never run a marathon. Complete so I've run half marathon. I've never run a half marathon. So marathon is twenty one point five something like that, and it's still a lot. But, but you've run a half. Yeah, a few wow. times. And I am not fit enough to do that. Right. Yeah, nice. You just have to commit yourself and train every day oh. or a few days a week. And you prepare yourself for the race. And one day you're at the race <laughs> and you you expect to achieve your personal, your PT personal. Um, personal best? Oh, yeah, personal best. And once you realize you're not going to make it or it's been like, so hard so yeah. you stop pushing harder and just you enjoy the race you enjoy what you're doing yeah are you so at that stage you can I'm see a, the finish line yeah i can see a finish line and but i don't want to kill myself to working too hard or working too hard i know i'm going to finish i know i'm going to get to the final line but uh at at my pace at your own pace you're mm. yeah cool i like that and now I'm just like enjoying posing to the photographers and when I'm saying enjoying I'm I mean enjoying exciting autographs along the way. Enjoying the summer in Sydney while I'm doing my thesis. Oh cool. I still work every day but I just uh, I take the weekends off and I'm not stressed anymore. I have Mm. 
goals to achieve every week and and that's that's good enough that you're making yeah that's yeah. great so you've been doing it for three and a half years so you obviously know what you're doing tell yeah. us about your phd what's it involved what have you researched what are your chapters about oh so i'm studying uh, central australia the two main ecosystems one is a savanna and the other one is called the mulga woodland and i'm doing from the ecosystem to the leaf scale, we're studying something called water use efficiency, which uh-huh. is um, mm-hmm. how much carbon can the ecosystem take per unit of water. So how much water it is costing to them to to create carbon. to cr- to consume carbon. Oh, okay. And um, I'm doing a few scales and using different cool technologies. One is called the eddy covariance. Um, technique uh, that measures fluxes on top of the canopy and you can see how much carbon it's uh, it's going down and how much carbon is coming out from the ecosystem. Mm. And I'm using also stable isotopes and leaf chambers to measure in single leaves. And yeah, so basically how efficient are these ecosystems in terms of water use? Cool. That's what I'm doing. That's pretty important in Australia. Yeah, anyway. in a country where we don't have much water at all. Especially um, in central. Where anyway. Where is most of the water coming from? Is it groundwater in central Australia? or Because I, I know Matt, was it Matt Hingey used to be in your group? Was one of Derek's students who was doing eco-hydrology. Matt, I think Matt was with uh, Andy. Oh, okay. He was doing a lot of eco-hydrology stuff with groundwater, though. Um, yeah, but uh, I met him when I arrived, so I don't remember exactly yeah, what his project was. was a long but time ago. But yeah. yeah. So, where, yeah, what is the major water source? Well... You're relying on rainfall? It, yeah, the ecosystem relying on rainfall and people rely on groundwater. So, and some of the species can uh, access to groundwater as well. And, but not all of them. So the majority of them has to wait every year to the summer season so they can get the water. Mm. And, and yeah, so uh, it's basically a rain. It's rain. Rain, and yeah, which is very erratic and you don't know when it's mm. going to happen. And, yeah. and they have to you like use it as the best they can so they can mm. photosynthesize and make new leaves storage some sugars so, so do you have focused species out there are you looking at smaller plants or larger um doing the the dominant species like when we were there uh, we, well i have one field trip just to look at the species the dominant species we select a few of them we kind of we have like Mostly trees and one grass, uh, which is very dominant. It's called the spinifex. Mm-hmm. It's quite popular in Australia. And the mulga species is also the mulga species are also quite popular in Australia. They call wattle. Spe- wattle. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're in the same mm, kind of group of family of plants and. Yep. We got the red eucalyptus, which I love it and it smells so good. Mm. And Corymbia opaca. So we, I go like five different species and hekia as another one. And so, yeah, I look at the whole ecosystem, temple flocks, and I also look at individual species, like 
like what of what these actors are doing in the ecosystem. Oh, okay. Or well, their role is. Yeah. So what have, what have you found here at the stage? Have you published any we, of your chapters? Uh, we're about to issue me one chapter soon. Uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> fingers. <laughs> it's almost there. I'm so excited to see what is coming. And, and this chapter is about climate drivers in the ecosystem, how different factors um, like temperature, vapor pressure deficit, and um, soil water content. So different variables are affecting the ecosystem productivity and water use efficiency at different seasons, so dry and, and wet seasons, and uh, also the whole hydrological year. So that goes from August to July each year. Yeah. And so that's one of the chapters that should be coming, uh, or will be actually submitting soon somewhere. Fantastic. That's and what about the rest cool. of them? What, what's uh, we, covering them? Oh, the rest are more at leaf scale. They're more at leaf scale chapters, and I have also one that combines um, the two of them, and I'm still working on them, and hopefully they will come yeah. out soon. So yeah, basically finding new parameters uh, in, uh, for the ecosystem that can eventually be used in a modeling yeah, climate. Okay. Yeah, on large scale scales, and that's where I'm up to. Fantastic! Cool. That's great. Um, so, <laughs> tell us about how you kind of came to science. Um, you're from Mexico <coughs> originally, you've been over here a couple of years. How did you get into science? How did you get here to UTS? How did you get into eco-hydrology? What's led you here? Well, I think I have a nice story and I like to say it all the time. <laughs> Good. That's great. I'm coming, I haven't heard I'm coming from a desert area. Yeah. So I'm coming from a place called uh, Guaymas in Sonora State in Mexico, which is in the northwest of Mexico, uh, closer to um, Arizona. Yeah, the Sonoran cactuses. Yeah, so yeah. we have a lot there. of cactuses. You've been there? Yeah. Where, where you been? Uh, I went, I drove from um, Los Angeles to Phoenix and we went through the Sonoran Desert. Oh, yeah. 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 It's really cool. It is really cool. Well, I'm a little bit down south, south yeah. of that like yeah. uh, until you reach actually the coast of the uh, Gulf of California yep. so yeah mm-hmm. I live by the beach I've been living by the beach nice. my entire life but it's still a desert and it doesn't rain often <laughs> like just like in the middle of Australia yeah. and I've seen a lot of problems with water management and how uh, the government and the institutions are doing with uh, managing the water. And so modelers work with parameters mm-hmm. and and these parameters are very hard to collect or to understand. And the role that vegetation play in the water cycle is very important through a process called evapotranspiration. Yep. And so in, in semi-arid areas, that process, evapotranspiration, it's, it can be 
up to 80 to 100 percent of the rainfall. So that it's means used it, by plants. Uh, it, it can be used by plants or it's just about uh, it comes up to the atmosphere by evaporation. Oh, okay, mm. right. So it's like from the whole amount of rain that you get in an ecosystem or in a desert or in a semi-arid place, so you may not get anything if, if everything moves uh, back again to the atmosphere. Yeah. But it's yeah. also good. It can be good because that makes rain again mm. and the plants are using that and they're building wood and they're making leaves and then you can have some cows around and like it kind of like the, <laughs> yeah, the ecosystem is built from yeah. the vegetation yeah so but you need to understand how the water it's moving and and what's the role of the plants are playing there and and so my yeah so my motivation has started there with a group in mexico scientists are are doing mostly hydrological uh, research in the area and there is um when I met one professor that who was trying to link that air, that to close that gap between hydrologies and ecosystems mm-hmm. and vegetation, mm-hmm. so yeah. he was trying to close yeah the gap, and and we I was learning of what he was doing and all the things he could do with cool instruments, and I just fall in love, and I thought, well, I want to do this, I want to use isotopes, and I want to use all the tools and, and the instruments and I like all the gadgets we got to use and make sure. I'm not very good at doing lab work, to be honest. It's <laughs> no, like, I'm the same. oh, yeah. I want to have to work with pipettes and things like mm-hmm. that. I kind of do it, but I, I rather like being in the field, collecting data and yeah. working with nice instruments with bottoms. <laughs> So how did you go from being in Mexico working over the, there to coming over here? Oh, yeah, I forgot that part. So, <laughs> so yeah, so I do a master's degree in ecohydrology, working at the partitioning of how much um, of the evapotranspiration, how much of that was coming from plants and how much of that was coming from the soil evaporation. That was my master's degree. And mm. I have a lot of... Um, thinking of and problems of where the parameters from plants and all the plant physiology was coming. And so one day I saw a call uh, in a research uh, webpage and that Jerry was looking for for a PhD student to, uh, for a PhD student to do some work in Alice Springs. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, I read, uh, so I got in contact with him and I read a part of the work he was doing and I, I started to see that the question he was looking at, it, they were quite related for what I wanted to learn and the mm-hmm. ecosystem in terms of climate, it was way too similar of where I was mm. coming from. Yeah. What I didn't expect is that the ecosystem in terms of vegetation would be so different. Yeah. Like, uh, I was, t- I remember when I came, and when the first time I went to Alice Springs, I was like, the plants keep the leaves the entire year. Yeah. Yeah. And not only the entire year, for years they keep the leaves because the soils are too poor in nutrients, mm. so they can't afford losing leaves every yeah. year. And where I came from, actually, plants are built leaves 
new leaves every single cycle, like yeah. every single year. So they, they got rain, they build leaves, they don't have rain, they just lost the leaves. And, and that changed the story of the carbon cycle a lot because uh, it's... The carbon's mm, been deposited yeah, yeah. the soil. Yeah, so I have to learn. And the other important thing, there was uh, no basin uh, in, like... Had in 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 the surface there's not like a big basin because it's so flat so you uh-huh. you kind of don't have the runoff mm. yeah. in the area so it's just all yeah, it's no large lake out there yeah or river. you have it's the, just dry and flat. it is dry. there are some rivers but they don't have water most yeah. of the time <laughs> <laughs> and it's too sandy so you pretty much get rain infiltration and evapotranspiration and that's it from from the that's hydrological the cycle. And the seed, so runoff shouldn't be too much over there. And yeah, that's what I've been doing, learning and things about plants and desert, water and carbon, and thinking in my desert back at home. <laughs> yeah, so you can bring back all this to Mexico. So we're fortunate, Anne was saying on the way down, that we've got, we've had Kirsty on last week being a plant ecologist and we've got you doing terrestrial uh, eco-hydrology working with plants and we asked Kirsty last week is she much of a gardener she said no you're better at managing water you would think doing what you do do you do much gardening at all are you do you grow your own plants at all or it doesn't interest you at all <laughs> too much work so the people who work with plants don't I'm just gauging this roughly take, don't plant their own yeah, I will, I will love to learn more about gardening. Actually, I've been learning a lot in the plant physiology course because I don't think I know. Are you all teaching plant fees? Yeah, I've been teaching plant fees for, for a few years already. Jansen taught me when she first Did arrived. You? Oh, yeah, oh, that was so scary. So if you taught Anne, you must have been the year after I did it because I had Sepeda who <clears> was <throat> teaching me plant fees. She was also one of Derek's students. Yeah, yeah been a year but longer. plant fizz was one of my favourite subjects, and I just imagine that all these people who teach it are really good at gardening. No, actually, <laughs> no. And I met some students that they're so cool, and they actually teach it to yeah. me because I am not. So I try to learn, and I have some plants at home here in my house, and with my husband, and and we try to keep them alive and try to understand. But actually, I don't know too much how to do with them, and. Because I, yeah, I really like it, so I'm hoping when Plant Fizz rolls around next semester that I'm just going to go and sit in a couple of the lectures and redo it, because I really enjoyed the subject, and I just wanted to help with my gardening a bit, because I'm really <laughs> shocking I don't know. I, um, no, honestly, I don't have too many. I have a garden in my uh, my parents' house in Mexico, but we got cactuses, so and they're too easy to keep. You don't have to do yeah. anything. Exactly. <laughs> I saved my cactus. Because it's quite tricky uh, how much water you put on them. Yeah. And, it's and then you're like, oh, they need no water, so they never water them, and the next minute they're all shriveled up. Then you water them. And then if you water them no, but then then too much, like, like yeah. yeah. So it's, it's I find it quite difficult. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I've got that's something that it's <laughs> like in my bucket list, I say. I want to learn more about how to have plants in the house and how to do gardening a little bit more, I grow some 
tomatoes and things like that. I don't think mm. Newton is a good place. No. Do you have those? <laughs> like you see the planes all the time above you, yeah. and you God, you don't see how much things are coming <laughs> down from the sky. Yeah, there's not. Yeah, there's see? not really good nutrients around us. Yeah, so it's like uh, I don't feel like doing gardening here for my own consumption. So. Mm. It's not healthy to do that. I mean, I'd love to grow more vegetables, but I just don't think they'd be worth eating at all. Yeah. Um, so you're at the back end of your PhD. You're almost finished. Do you have any tips for people like me and Anne who are just starting out, other people who mm. might be listening? Do you have any tips for doing a PhD? Maybe tips for field work? Do you have any funny stories Lab from work? your field trips? Um... Funny stories. I don't think so. They all of them were too hot. Like <laughs> too hot. <laughs> like just too like hot. sweating the whole time. No, and hard. Oh, hard. Hard. hard work. They hard. It is hard and work. it was. Uh, and in winter was so cold. Mm. And but uh, to be honest, I just love doing field work. Every time I was pla- the fact of planning field trip. How long would you go on a field trip for? I was there up to five weeks in a row, camping yeah. and living in the dust night and morning. <laughs> it's just so tough. Do you go with someone or is it just you? Generally? No, no, no. We were always in team. We can't be there by ourselves. Yeah. It's too That's isolated. And, and I think one of the best experiences that I have of being there is that I get to see Aboriginal people and kind of interact with a few of them. Mm. Um, there is this look. Uh, community called Tea Tree in the middle um, of Central Australia, and and I uh, went a couple of times to the bar to have dinner, and like it's like a small pub in yep. in the Castle Station. So I was having chat with a few of the Aboriginal people That's and good. just seeing them around. It was very nice. Different yeah. way of living out there as well. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, kind of. It, it was very interesting because uh, me as a foreigner, I may think uh, Australia is just like Sydney, but actually no. When you go there, so you it's like more, it's yeah. so different. So it is like all together make Australia, not only Sydney. The way yeah. we saw it. And it's, yeah, probably good that you've seen that it's very different from just this one major city. Yeah. Because it is so diverse as you go across it. Yeah, I think and that real Australia, like. Yeah. yeah, so the funniest part I have over there was when I did the four-wheel drive course. I just love it. Four-wheel <laughs> drive <laughs> Did you take the UTS cars? Or? No, 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 yeah, we were hiring cars over the youths, youths, trucks, yeah. and it was so much fun just uh, speeding in the <laughs> desert and... <laughs> Well, you know, no speed limit is there out on some of those. Uh, yeah, there's no speed limits. Yeah. Like the UK but there's no one out there, right? No. No. And your your trucks can't go that fast because you're using diesel, so you can only hit like one forty. Yeah, mm. yeah. Actually, no. We did um, off of raw. We were speeding just to check how the how it feels when you have to break immediately on in sand. case if, if on sand exactly. If you see a kangaroo, you you will need to stop because it's yeah even more risky that you hit the kangaroo and can give you more trouble so you better try to break before yeah you better try and break but sometimes if you try and swerve that's even worse yeah so that's why they were teaching us uh, how to 
Charles, you know, breakers. And, yeah, exactly. Ah. And that was so, so much fun. I really enjoyed that part. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah. That sounds great. And now I also, I was using a life platform to reach the top of the trees. Yeah. Like a cherry pickup. Like a, oh, a cherry picker or yeah. like a scissor lift? No, it was not like a scissor or the cherry yeah, up that lifted one. right up. Yeah, oh, fantastic. I was twenty five meters tall. Picking okay. leaves out of the canopy, or uh, yeah, picking leaves and taking measurements from the top. And sometimes I was there for an hour, even having breakfast. I was going there like having <laughs> breakfast up in the top. up in the canopy. Up in the canopy, taking measurements to the plant. So, cool. so. Oh, that's fantastic. And that's great. No. I uh, have my Kindle over there waiting for some uh, curves that I have to do the leaves some measurements. Mm. That's great. I can't imagine doing that. That sounds mm. excellent. <laughs> I need to get out of the lab and into the field. Yeah, you're, you're very uh, much stuck I'm in the lab. I'm dying. You learn a lot by being in the field. And now that I'm grinding and I'm just thinking all what I... Got to see over there, and, and even when I was raining, when it wasn't raining, when I was cool, when it was sun, when I was cloudy, and the the data I was getting, like, and just you start to put it all together. Uh, I don't know, honestly. I know a lot of people do science without being in the field. It's not as fun, is it? And I don't know. I think I always need to go and see what is there. And yeah, you have to understand mm. the real world that you're working in, the yeah. environment that you're trying to help. Yeah. So or understand. You have to be in it. And touch the leaves and and touch the soil and Yeah, you have to understand it yourself. Mm. And that's yeah, so well my advice would be I don't know, I think organization is a key in science being quite well organized, um, and what to do next or what are you the questions you're trying to answer. Your hypotheses. Mm. Yeah, I think you need to know what you're you're trying to answer. Yeah. Otherwise, th- you just get lost. Yeah, like, and it helps you, you a lot. Know. Once you have your hypotheses well structured, and it, you kind of, by that time, you kind of understand quite well the literature, because in order to build your hypothesis, you have to require a lot. And so once you have that, you kind of, know what type of data you need, what type of analysis you will need, what type of um, plots you're going to do to answer mm. your, your questions and to mm. prove your hypotheses. And I think that will be very, very important. And day by day, I have a list of at least three to five things that I have to achieve every day. So before I leave. Do you do it? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I have a... I have a Diary, so yeah. Have, tomorrow I do this, uh, even if just simple things. But I have so it's the nice next to, morning to when I up. when I arrive to when I get to my desk, I don't have to think what I need what to do. To yeah, so it's already there. And you can also, I've started doing the same thing. I've never had a diary until the start of this PhD, and then I look back and I go, I did this yesterday. Did this the week before. Look, I've actually done things. You have a sense of achievement. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, yeah, have exactly. That, you have a sense of something. Like you, you've written a whole, almost written a whole thesis. But if you didn't have stuff to look back, you go, 
what are the steps I took to get here? It's so hard to. And I do like I do plans like in the short term, like one day to another one. But I also do like last year I have it's when I have in one or two months I will have this chapter. In one or two months I will have the mm-hmm. other chapter and like long term and short term um, yeah, goals to achieve. And also, well, I sometimes I need to be flexible with my goals, and if I don't achieve them on time, well, so anyway, I'm I'm getting there. <laughs> Maybe knowing the time I want, but I get but the you, final line. <laughs> yeah, you're working yeah. towards it at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should we wrap it up there? Yeah. Okay. Pretty cool. Good. Well, thanks for today, Tenanson. Um, are you okay with people finding you on Twitter if they're listening to this? They yeah, to yeah, Twitter. Sure. Yes, I oh, like Twitter. I don't have Twitter. Oh, it's amazing. I really love it. You can follow a lot of... It's the scientist people. number one means of... Yeah, it's so cool. So and this line here, it says, Anne, will you get Twitter? Question. Oh, <laughs> I beat you to the punch. Uh, no. You did. Um, so what was the question? Oh, I said, will, Anne, will you ever get Twitter? Because ah. <laughs> he knows that it, <laughs> I, I everyone just, knows that I don't have it. I think you will do great if you have it. Uh, it's so good. Be, oh, I've been getting it. It's, it's so good. I don't know what I would write on Twitter. With your life. Oh, oh hi, just, in the lab today. <laughs> is that what people do? No. Or do you post stuff about your results? Or No, I don't post anything about my results. A lot of people results. post stuff that other people have found out. Yeah, oh, I yeah. do too. It's like um, retweet uh, papers. I follow a lot of journals and, and yeah. if I see and I something. Get a lot, lots of my views off it as well. But if I go to Congress or to a Congress or workshops or I don't know, some oh, events, yeah. you, yeah, you kind of that. tweet something about that. Or you meet or, people mm. at the events and you can follow what yeah, if if I do feel war, I'll do it too. And if I was doing right now some lab war, I will post some pictures of yeah. of any extraction or I do it. An experiment. Yeah, every, field, so. right. okay. yeah, every yeah. time you're on the field, I think it's very nice to share uh, what is like. I don't go out into the field yet. Well, every time you're in the lab. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> eventually I'll be in the field in um, a few more years. Yeah, where so where about are you going? Well, I'll be on like a boat. Oh, out cool. on the coast. It does the investigator, uh, like, what's it? I don't think I'll do as much. It'll just be a spot off the coast of Sydney Harbour um. or somewhere or just along the New South Wales coast where I can collect samples of algae during big algal blooms. Mm. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I want to do. But once I figure out my experiments. So I want to do, like, lab work and then find stuff in the lab but then try and find that in the environment as well. To relate the two together. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Do you guess he's sick? No. Oh, that's <laughs> good. No, I do. That's what I, I, I can't imagine what they doing. But you know how they go to port hacking every, every month and yeah. collect samples? They say everyone gets sick at port hacking. So yeah. they're like, even if you think you're not seasick, if you go out on that boat to port hacking, everybody, boat everybody there, gets seasick. Like, it's not a big vessel, is it's it? It's not a massive vessel, no. Yeah, like, I don't get seasick, but I'm only on rivers, so I'm fine. Oh, I have a horrible story in Southwest Rob. Mark and I went there. Uh, for, uh, oh, Southwest Rocks. Yeah. Oh. You know this is a good go. <laughs> no, 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 I don't want to say no. what I got. I just got seasick. <laughs> so it's, it was, was uh, one of my first time doing scuba diving, and we wanted to do this trip in... 
um, dive with a lot of sharks and yeah, it do the cave. Really cool. And it, it's quite famous that, especially when you're starting doing scuba diving. And, yeah. and we were in this small boat and and it just it was so rough. <laughs> terrible when you're starting the scuba too. And it was, so, it, was it was horrible. And then what so happened only, when you went under the water? <laughs> <laughs> you know the story already. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I was, <laughs> you know, before we came up, so we have to do the safety stop. Yeah. And uh, while we're doing the diving down there, everything was okay. And I was moving with the people, you know. But as soon as we stop, and and I hold the the rope, the there. rope, yeah, yeah, the rope, and to do our safety stop, we were twenty eight meters deep. And oh, for your safety stop, you were twenty eight. Well, well, I don't know. We no, no you, you went to twenty eight. You went you to twenty eight, and before five. we came, yeah, yeah you that was your 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 safety stop. Yeah. But then before we came out we kind of were getting all together and we hold the rock well I hold it and then I kind of see everything moving oh, slowly <laughs> and I said throwing at 28 <laughs> meters there <laughs> <laughs> turn out I just and it was um, gross. yeah and Randy everyone was everyone had to swim in it <laughs> yeah you see uh, I was disgusting but uh, hey, you, fish, you can fish do got a treat <laughs> What you can do. Anyway, I hope you don't get CSA when you're doing your field work. Yeah, thanks. That wouldn't be pleasant. No. People, I don't know where you're getting that. That's fun. That's funny. Gross. That's yeah, it's gross. Uh, cool. Well, on that note. So you can find Tananson if you want to follow her at Tananson Taran. T-O-N-A-N-T-Z-I-N-T-A-R-I-N. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's your handle. Um, if you want to follow us further, you can find us on Facebook. Our page is Alum Not Yet, or on Twitter at Alum Not Yet, or you can follow me, not Anne as an individual still, at Paul <laughs> Johnson. Um, maybe one day soon, Anne will have a Twitter, but I think that's it mm, for today. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. <laughs> what a message. <laughs> oh, cool.